Howdy, howdy, my friends, and welcome to the Run of the Mills podcast, episode 185 of our Keeping Up with the King series here as we make our way through the book of Matthew. And we have finally reached Matthew chapter 18. Yes, Matthew chapter 18, maybe my favorite chapter in the entire book of Matthew for uh, a number of reasons. I think I have preached or taught from Matthew 18 as much as any chapter in the Bible. There's uh, just great things in here on reconciliation, on forgiveness, um, so much good stuff. And so uh, one of the things that I think is really fascinating as you as we read through this is there probably are going to come across verses that um, you may not have realized were in Matthew chapter 18. Um, and, and that might not seem revolutionary, but what I'm, what I think, um, struck me years ago as I was reading through this, as I remember thinking like, wait a minute, I hear that verse all the time. I hear people quote this verse all the time. And what struck me was, as we say all the time here on the Run of the Mills podcast, the context, yes, the context struck me because I hear people saying this. I go like, well, that's not what he's talking about. But people quote this verse all the time or quote that verse all the time. And uh, anyway, so without further ado, um, let's uh, look at Matthew chapter 18. And in verse one, it says this. It says, at that time, the disciples came to Jesus saying, who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Now, there are many things in the Bible that I find humorous. There are some stories that I think are uh, intentionally written in a humorous fashion, but some of them I think are humorous to me because, um, as sometimes people say, it's funny because it's true. You know, those observational humor. Uh, is I love observational humor. I love it when people point out those things that are just, you laugh at it because you go like, yeah, that is silly. Now that I think about it, now that I look at it, that's the way it is, and it's a little odd. And so uh, this is one of those that I think to me is kind of just funny because it just kind of shows typical people, right? All right. So this is what is said. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus saying, who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Now, this is something that they seem to debate a number of times in the scripture. And of course, we're not really told why. And so we're left to, as we have talked about Plenty of times recently, we're left to speculate. Well, why are these guys arguing about this? Why are they? Why do they keep bringing this up? You know, who is great? Who is greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Now, um, there's there's a, an aspect of this I think that uh, we have to be very clear about. The, I I think that the discussion is which one of them is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven, not just like they're arguing about. Oh, it's is it Daniel or is it Job or is it Moses? Who is the greatest? Who, who, which one of them is the greatest? Now you might say, well, Mike, how do you, you're, you're making an assumption. You're assuming that they're arguing about which one of them. Maybe they were saying, was Moses greater or was, or was uh, Abraham greater? And they were the Moses supporters and the Abraham supporters. But uh, alas, uh, I think we can draw a conclusion from uh, reading when they were arguing about this another time in Luke chapter nine, where it does say actually that they were arguing about which one of them was the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. So why on earth would they think that they were so great? I mean, we read about them and we're not thinking like, wow, these guys were great. Well, I think part of it is they, they recognize the greatness of Jesus, right? And so there they are saying, well, you know, we're, we, we were chosen by him of all the men. 
in this nation of Israel, he chose us. So we must be, we must be pretty great. So which one of us is the greatest? Now, I might be wrong with that, uh, but I think that that's the, the, probably the case, that they're just, they are wondering which one of them is the greatest, which again, um, they're missing the point. And Jesus is going to go on, as he does in other times, to talk about this. Like, you're striving to be the greatest. You know, if you if you look over at like Luke chapter 9, when they're having this discussion, um, you know, he, he does like what, what he does in this one. He takes up a child. And uh, in Mark chapter 9, um, where there, he says, you know, if anyone desires to be first, he shall be last and the servant of all. So uh, he's kind of blowing their minds about, who is greatest. Now, of course, the strangest thing of all is that here they are in the presence of Jesus, who is technically, factually, well, the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And they're arguing about who is the greatest. Like he's right there and they're arguing about it. Which, which one is the greatest? And he's right there. But what's interesting is Jesus doesn't say like, guys, me, you know, that's not his, that's not his response. He's not like, yeah, right here, guys. Um, but again, when we see these things, I think it's important for us to say like, what is it about, what is it about these guys that would make them do that? And, and again, not, not so that we can be, um, poking fun of them or ridiculing the disciples, but rather because of something that, that I say to you here all the time. And that is, when you see people doing something in the Bible that seems foolish, when you see somebody doing something in the Bible and you think, oh my gosh, what an idiot or what a fool, what a, what a moron, stop and pay attention because you probably do it too, because I know I do. So again, here, here he's, they're saying, which one of us is the greatest? And they're, they're missing the point that, you know, you're not part of the kingdom of heaven because you're great. We're not forgiven because we're great. We're not chosen by God because we're great. You're not called to ministry because you're great. That's all backwards. You're called to ministry. You are saved. You are loved by God, not because you're great, but despite your lack of greatness. It's not our greatness that qualifies us. We are disqualified. We're not qualified for any of these things, but what the reason that we are called to ministry, the reason that we are, the way, the reason we're forgiven and saved, the reason that we're loved is because of who God is, not because of who we are. It is because of his greatness and his goodness and his loving nature that we are able to do, or we are called to do, or we are given anything. It's grace. It's grace. It's not our greatness. It's his greatness. It's the free unmerited gift that we're giving. And I think that's, uh, that, those, that was redundant. Free unmerited and gift all that all that's grace you, something that is a freely given to you that you did not deserve unmerited you didn't deserve it right and a gift that's something freely given so that's just redundant but th that's the, the point is that all of the all these things are grace when you look at your life you're going to look at it and when the closer you get to the lord you're going to more you're going to realize like it's grace it's grace i i don't deserve any of this in my early years as a pastor, I said that at a pastor's prayer breakfast one time, I said something like, no, every, everything you have, everything, every good thing you have is because of grace. And some of them were starting to like put forth this argument. Well, wait, wait, well, not, not everything. 
but no, yeah, every, everything, you know, like every everything's because of grace. But we have this innate, this this internal thing to want to say, well, well, no, well, I worked for this. Well, I, I put in the effort for that. You know, I have this because of my uh, my education. I I I you know I put in the time, but it's all grace. You know, why why are you even able to be educated? Why can you even why can you even read? Why could you? How could you afford to go to school? How it is all grace. It's all grace. It's none, none of it's deserved. It's not. You know, you have your position because you worked for it. You might have worked for it, but that didn't make you deserving of anything, <laughs> any good thing. Because you know, the Bible says uh, that our righteousness compared to Christ is is as filthy rags. It actually is much more graphic than that if you look it up in a concordance, which I will let you do on your own. But the whole point is that it's it's not deserved. And when you live your life recognizing, like, I don't deserve any of this. I don't deserve any of this. It's all dessert. It's all cake and ice cream. It's all gravy. You know, it's 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 all it's all just God's grace. It's because of his goodness and not your own. And you say, Well, I was faithful. Well, good. You were faithful. But that faithfulness doesn't make you more deserving of anything. It doesn't make you suddenly like, oh well, he was faithful, see he deserves more. No, you're, you might be given more. God might be, might give you more because you are faithful. He, and he says that he was faithful and little be faithful and much. He was, you know, he, so he will, he might give you more, but is it because you earned it? You know, well, I was faithful. So I, I deserve it. And I think we're, we're walking, we're treading dangerous ground. Anytime we start to slap and I deserve it on anything. It's much better overall to recognize it's all God's grace. It's all because of who he is, his goodness, his greatness, his loving kindness, his redemptive power, his His forgiveness is all grace. Every good thing you have is because of his grace. And that's good news. Because if it wasn't because of his grace, if it was because of your merit, oh, the trouble you and I would be in. God bless you. We'll talk to you next time.